The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. That's right. It is the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's Monday. That means he's Ryan McIntyre. I'm Rod Gomez, and we are here to break down yet another, and again, I just use, I overuse this phrase. I Everybody in the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, I want you to do this. It, let's do a drinking game. Anytime I say wild or crazy or chaotic, um, drink the whole damn bottle. It'll make things a lot more easier for you to listen to. Uh, the rest of the way through, but it is. I can't even begin to describe how wild of a season this has already been and and how wild week four ended up being for us. Uh, we were treated to some amazing games, and we're here to break them all down for you. So, Ryan, first of all, did you make it through this weekend of football? Barely, because it all started in London with a double-doink game to start today and then ended in Tampa where Mahomes got the better of Brady. Just another crazy Sunday I feel like a broken record where I'm like man just when you think the NFL can't deliver anymore they they come up with something new and it it just keeps bringing us right back in man what are they even doing to us to make us have to continue this like I, I look you guys already know I'm the host of the NASCAR gambling podcast I started out the weekend with nothing but utter chaos Sunday should have been a nice quiet NFL day where I just sat around and and watched some football instead it just fed me full of more chaos and then of course the NASCAR race added on top of that the F1 race I'm ready for some peace and quiet like NFL just deliver me one week where I can just kind of enjoy and not just be completely insane wrapped up in what you got going on please I don't think I think you are you're looking at the wrong league if that's what you're looking for peace and quiet because I I don't think the NFL will ever offer peace and quiet. I mean it, we we touch on it uh, looking at the look aheads all these lines by kickoff with the exception of like two or three games were between a field goal. I mean it was and it was chaos all day. It was, but it wasn't even the fact that it was Sunday morning that delivered it. It was Thursday night, too. That was started the whole damn chain reaction of what we were coming to expect for the week to come uh, because that's the game we'll start with when we start breaking things down. And we were in for it on Thursday night football, and it just did not let up for the rest of the week after that, the weekend after that. No, it, it did start Thursday night. Obviously, Hope 2 was okay. That was the headline. But the Cincinnati Bengals got a much-needed win there. They needed to get back to 2-2. Two and two. That was a tough travel spot for Miami coming off the defensive game where they were on the field for 90-plus games in a 100-degree heat. So the tough spot for them that we kind of all sniffed out. But, but good win for the Bengals. Indeed. Well, let's just begin there then. It was Thursday evening, Thursday night football. It did ho uh, have the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Miami Dolphins. Cincinnati came into it uh, negative four or four-point favorites up on Miami. 
who again, who are three and zero coming into that, and yet Cincinnati was still favored in that one. Uh, obviously, we know the result. Tua did suffer yet another injury, which, I mean, we're not going to go too deep into this because obviously it's been covered to death. But the simple fact of the matter is, it was scary. It did not look like it was going to be something that could be easily fixed. Uh, and and for Tua to come back in, should Tua have been out in the first place? That is up for debate. Obviously, I think we side on the no, he should not have been. But uh, here we are. And now the Cincinnati Bengals did come away with that 27 to 15. It, if Tua had stayed in the game, Ryan, and, and if Tua had not gotten hurt, all things considered, he was looking fantastic heading into that. Could he have made this more of a competitive game? Yeah, I do. I mean, they had the lead 15 14, I believe. It was at the end of the third quarter before Cincinnati kind of just wore him down with, like I said, coming off that game where against Buffalo, that was such an emotional spot. I think Tua could have given him a chance to win. But in the end, I think Cincinnati's depth was just going to wear them down. For Cincinnati, I'm still worried about this offensive line. I, they have issues protecting Joe Burrow. Yeah, and Joe, poor Joe Burrow. Like, I mean, <laughs> you're a young quarterback, you're a talented quarterback, and you've done great things already. But you've been on your back more times than you care to even admit to anybody around you, and you're still trying to do good things. So, um, yeah, until they get in protection, I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals team is going to be a little more chaotic than you'd you just wanted it to be. So, yeah, I, like I said, I feel bad for Joe Burrow, too. And it was a monster night for uh, T. Higgins' fantasy owners. Nine targets, seven catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you, you want more production on the ground game. Mixon only goes for 24 carries, 61 yards. But another under cash is in primetime in this matchup. I was going to say Thursday night unders. You might as well just lock yep. them in every single week. Definitely. Over under was 48 and a half. This one came kind of close. And I think if if uh, if Tua would have stayed in, it may have had a chance to actually hit the over. But no, did not. 27-15. Uh, quick math does not put you over 48 and a half. <laughs> so, I mean... Look, when we when we talk about both of these teams going forward now, really, it just boils down to this. Miami's probably not going to be with Tua uh, for at least a little bit. I mean, a game, maybe more, because we have now entered where concussions are serious, which, um, hello, they've always been serious, but uh, the NFL just got called out on their game uh, on national television, which is never good a good look. So now the overreaction is going to happen, and they're going to hold them yep. out for even more games. So... I don't know. At three and one, Miami may take a couple of steps back. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But I think the schedule is actually favorable for them. They go to the Jets from here, and maybe they could tread water a little bit. They got Minnesota and Pittsburgh after that, and Detroit and Chicago. So at least the schedule is a little softer uh, these next four or five games. While two is going to miss some time, and we've seen Teddy Bridgewater come in at that one year with New Orleans where he started four and zero. Before handing it back to Bree, so he's he's a serviceable backup quarterback, and he can win some games for him and keep him in the hunt. Indeed. Well, speaking of uh, Teddy Bridgewater and those New Orleans Saints, let's talk about that London mm. matchup. That uh, again, early early morning, especially for those of us on the uh, West Coast who don't normally wake up <laughs> at six thirty to watch football, but uh, it was the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints over there in London. Look, this game was a lot highly contest, more highly contested than I think anybody would have imagined. And it also was a lot higher scoring 
than a lot of people were giving it, only because uh, it wasn't a cross-the-pond game, it wasn't early game, and those te- don't tend to be barn burners. But New Orleans did not come out victorious in this one. Minnesota held on to win 28-25 to in uh, a crazy last-minute victory for Minnesota. Uh, they were uh, Minnesota three-and-a-half-point favorites, so they did not cover the spread. And if you could find New Orleans a plus four like they were offered out there uh, and you took them, then you definitely cashed this one as well. But, you know, Ryan, look, these were two hard-fought teams. Minnesota looked, I don't want to say better than they played, but, um, you know, it's just now they're three and one. And so the question is, which Minnesota team are we going to watch going forward? Is it the one that just won this game barely or is it the three and one record Minnesota Vikings? Man, it seemed like Minnesota did everything in their power to lose this game. I mean, they drew New Orleans on a good week. No Jameis, no Michael Thomas, no Alva Kamara. So they it was a shorthanded New Orleans team. And I felt like they should have been up more than uh, what they were at halftime. It felt like they should have been up about 14 points, but they just kept stalling out on drives, turnovers, and, and they kind of got conservative down the stretch. This would label as the bad beat of the week if you had Minnesota – because they went up night or uh, they went up three late on a Jefferson touchdown, and the kicker missed the extra point. So oh. that uh, brought it that brought it back to three for us, for us that had uh, New Orleans plus three and a half. So tough one if you had Minnesota on a miss extra point. Yep, and then just double doink, double doink, double doink again. It's back. Ugh, it's so crazy. Um, yeah, Justin Jefferson, man. That wow. You want to talk about a a, a ball or like. I know as a fantasy manager, you you were like, where's Justin Jefferson? And then all of a sudden, he just started popping off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, I think he was the difference, obviously. Getting him going was exactly what Minnesota needed, especially late in that game, because he just he needed to perform well for that team to actually win. And, and thank goodness he did. And thank goodness Minnesota held on. Yeah, Marcus Lattimore, or uh, Mar- sorry, Marshawn Lattimore, he got everything he asked for with Justin Jefferson. He found out he's not Mike Evans. Uh, Jefferson definitely had the better of the two on uh, that with their individual matchup. Ten catches for almost 150 yards. Jefferson's back. It, for this offense to go, they got to get him more involved. He can't go through these games where he's only getting two, three catches. He's he's too talented. Well, and it's look, Dalvin Cook used to be the heartbeat of this offense, right? And and we have not seen Dalvin Cook look like the Dalvin Cook that everybody was drafting first or second overall a couple of years ago, right? This this is a, a much more subdued Dalvin Cook. So you need guys like Justin Jefferson to pop out and, and to do great things. And so luckily Kirk Cousins had that, and they were able to just sort of, look, if that thing would have went in, if that last-minute field goal would have went in or last-second field goal would have went in, do you think Minnesota could have held on to win in overtime? No, because they seem to always lose these kind of games. And it's crazy that Lutz had the leg again because he had just made a 60-yarder a couple minutes before that, and he he had plenty from 61. So uh, it, it's fitting that a game in London ends on a missed field goal. They give the people what they want, baby. A kicking game, baby. Kicking. That's In fact, that's what the <laughs> announcer said. These guys in England, they love the kicking game, don't they? I was like, yeah, oh, come on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not, shall we? Let's let's make friends. Football. Not Football. Uh, so, yeah, again, Minnesota did not cover the spread, but still won uh, in the end as favorites. And, 
you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about week six uh, going forward and what this is going to mean for Minnesota. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where I think you're right. I don't know that they would have withstood uh, another, what, five, six minutes worth of football <laughs> against the Saints as badly as they, they were playing there in the end. Um, all right, let's move to Sunday morning proper for us and Sunday afternoon for you East Coasters. Uh, the Tennessee Titans coming in. Here's the thing. The Colts... At one and one and one, we're still four point favorites over the two and one. I mean, sorry, one and two Tennessee Titans. I get it. I understand the reasoning. I know that Tennessee was not always the flashiest of teams, but Tennessee comes into Indianapolis, who had just beat the Chiefs, and stuck it to them 24 17, uh, obviously covering their four and a half points, and, uh, and really just proving that Tennessee is a gritty team as they've always been. And now they're at two and two. And, and now I think they have a little more flexibility to play uh, a, f- a little more comfortably going forward, right? Yeah, no, this was a huge win for Vrabel in Tennessee to go to Indy on the road, get a win after they after Indy had just beat Kansas City. They got back to their bread and butter. Derrick Henry, 22 carries for 114, 5.2 yards carry, a touchdown. And that sets up a day like Tannehill had where he could be ball control, game manager, 17-21 for 140 and two touchdowns. He outplayed Matt Ryan with his uh, with their game plan. So big win for Tennessee and Vrabel just keeps beating Indy. He always he has their number. I love it because again I have a soft spot for Tennessee. I really do, and it's it's been it's been a long time coming for them to be good again. And and you know here's the thing, Tennessee, like you said, runs the ball. That that should be their identity. That should always be their identity. Ryan Tannehill does not have to be one of the elite quarterbacks in order for this team to be good. So I, I, like, I, like you, just enjoyed seeing the fact that they got back to it. And with Derrick Henry producing again and with him getting his, his gears going, uh, I just think that this team's going to be a lot better going forward if they continue to do that. Play good defense, run the ball, right? It's cliche, but it definitely works. Yeah, it's a simple handicap here. Jonathan Taylor, 20 carries for 42 yards. This is the battle of arguably the two best running backs in the game. And Henry has the better of the two days, so his team, results, they win. Let's talk about Indy, though, in that aspect, right? You talk about Jonathan Taylor. Consensus, first overall fantasy draft. Everybody loved Jonathan Taylor. Not producing at that level this season. What's wrong in Indy, and how much should Indianapolis fans be panicking? I, I didn't like the Matt Ryan trade. I think I, I, for some reason everybody wants to make excuses for Matt Ryan. Maybe he's a nice guy, I guess. But he's like as Colby would say, he's a lawn chair back there. He looks old, and if you got to put the game on his shoulders, I, I'm just not backing a uh, Matt Ryan team. And it, he kind of is just continue what he did in Atlanta at the end of his career. Everybody kind of like like Wentz, who their, who was their quarterback last year. They remember. 2017 and 2016 in those good years but it's, the reality is 2022 and he's not that same guy but yeah no I mean this team is just like Tennessee where they got to run the ball so that they can be more balanced offensively uh offensive line seems to be getting a little older too yeah and it just doesn't feel as if this offense has found the same sort of rhythm and I know Carson Wentz was still even new last year so it was trying to get a get really involved with him as well but now you know Matt Ryan you bring a little veteran presence to him yeah I, I don't know either and and if I'm Indy I'm I'm scared 
because now you're one, two, and one. You haven't looked all that impressive except for the time where you went out and beat Kansas City, where Kansas City could have been sleeping that day. You never know. Uh, so it's just a matter of how much faith are you going to put in this Indianapolis team now moving forward is, is, I guess, your comfort level, yeah? Yeah, go figure that they're 1-2, one, 1-1, one, and, one, and their only wins against Kansas City, and their losses are Jacksonville, Tennessee, and their ties, Houston. That's the NFL in a nutshell right now. <laughs> uh, go home, <laughs> NFL. You are drunk. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Chicago Bears taking on the New York Giants in New York. I keep saying this every week, but don't look now. New York Giants uh, above 500 at 3-1. and one. They hang on to beat the Bears 20-12. to 12. Uh, The Giants were two-and-a-half-point favorites at their lowest, somewhere in that three. Actually, it was, yeah, about three points, two-and-a-half, depending on where you found it. Uh, obviously, more than covered this as the favorite. So I know uh, Ryan Kramer is happy, and I know that Justin Mark, your co-host, is uh, very displeased. I, I believe there was a wager put on that, too, uh, between the two. So I, we'll have to get clarification as to whether or not that got paid out, but... Uh, Ryan, you're going to, you're going to be talking to a very sad co-host, uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I believe it was a bottle of whiskey. That was a nice little wager. So, uh, that will be headed to the West coast in LA in the God's eye studio. So now this game felt like it was played in the 1960s with uh, the stat lines of these quarterbacks fields, 11 of 22 for 170, and Dan Jones, as Kramer says, eight of 13 for 70 yards, man, I, Justin Fields is not getting any better. He's not progressing at all. I know they, they, they haven't done him any favors with limited options around him, but he's still like he's hit or miss when he's throwing the ball, unfortunately. And for the Giants, man, 31 carries for 150 for Saquon Barkley. He, he's back. Dude, I, I mean, look, color me surprised. I, I, I basically had said – that I didn't know what to expect from him this year, and I, I didn't want to necessarily draft him at all. I, I have him on one team, so I, I kind of got cornered into it only because of where his price fell. But at the same time, I was like, well, I, I'm going to take a shot. And luckily I did because that is some fantastic performance, and the Giants are better for it. We talked about Tennessee needing to run the ball. We talked about Indianapolis having to run the ball. This New York Giants team is no different. Daniel Jones is not a, uh, a, a transgressional quarterback. He needs to have a running back to take that load off of him. Thank goodness Saquon's back because you see the results as a result. And it's not like their schedule has been the most you know relentless schedule so far. But, I mean, they did beat the Cowboys. Okay, but they beat them, you know. Uh, all right, did they? I, I can't even no, remember. No, Dallas beat them. Dallas That's their only them. loss. That's their only loss. That's right. Uh, but they did still go toe-to-toe with Dallas for the most part, uh, even though that was a, a sloppy game. Um, so, yeah, I, again, Chicago, you guys are in for it now. I mean, it, it's they're 2-2, two and two, but they I don't know how they won those two games, honestly. The, the San Francisco game, I'm going to blame the tsunami on that one. Uh, that, that actually took an act of God for them to win that game. But, yeah, if Justin Fields can't figure this out, they're in for trouble. No, absolutely. I mean, they, their schedule has been soft, like you said. They just came off a Giants and Texans uh, games. The Giants' schedule has also been soft. Uh, their wins coming over Chicago, Carolina, and Tennessee. Uh, did, did you see the end of this game where 
Dan Jones was knocked out, and then Tyrod came. Tyrod Taylor came in the game, and he got knocked out. So they had to revert to the read option with Saquon Barkley to ice the game out. So that was a like I said, this game was played in the 1960s yesterday, and the weather was bad, and the Giants had their throwback uniforms on. So good win for the Giants to find a way to get to three and one. But schedule is going to start getting real here, where they play Green Bay and London this week. The Raiders kept playing that NFL Films music uh, on their on their uh, uh, stadium, so I, I feel like that's the game. This is the game that that should have been playing at the whole time, right? You're watching those old NFL yes. films and watching uh, running backs just slamming up against each other and guys with blood on their noses and no face masks. It's a beautiful brand of football. I know Colby loves it. <laughs> Indeed. Well, and look, this is the two teams to do it: Chicago and the Giants, right? I mean, this is this is it. This should have been the eighteen hundred games. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you one hundred percent there. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it is time to step away for a quick break. We're going to come back and continue breaking down the rest of the Sunday games. But before we do, let me ask you: You thinking of joining WinBet? Now's the perfect time because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. WinBet is live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. If I didn't read your state, hold tight. They're coming to you soon. Plus, WinBet has their own same-game parlay feature. Just click on the game you like, select Build Your Own Bet, and start building a monster parlay so much to choose from all you got to do head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash w-i-n-n-b-e-t to claim your free bet today offer subject to change terms condition winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 if you watch football you need to watch fubo tv fubo tv gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with nfl red zone Plus, games in 4K at no extra charge. You get over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, try Fubo TV for free seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-TV.com slash SGP. Let's move on to the next game on the slate. It was not the game that everybody thought it was going to be. I guarantee you that right now. A lot of people gave the Buffalo-Baltimore game the bid of game of the week, maybe besides the Sunday night game. But this was certainly the game of the week for the morning games. Buffalo held on, I mean literally held on to win against Baltimore, 23-20. to What a game that was. Uh, Buffalo was three-point favorites. So this was a push if you bet it. And, uh, you know, a lot of us, myself included, took Baltimore to win this one. So if you had Baltimore plus three, you still pushed. Uh, but at the same time, look, this game was more Baltimore losing, I think, than Buffalo winning. I don't know what you think about it. I agree with you again. It's For Baltimore, this is two out of three weeks now where you've blown a three – possession lead i mean late late in the second half this is this is such a gritty win for buffalo though coming back from 20 to 3 coming off that emotional game in miami where you're on the field for 90 plays it's 100 degrees and then you go to baltimore and into monsoon so just a gritty win 
tough, uh, tough call by Baltimore going for it. I don't know. I think I would have taken the points. I know that's a lot of the talking heads on on the networks are debating that today. I probably take the points and trust my defense with that with the the weather conditions. But Harbaugh likes to go for it. We saw him do this multiple times last year, where he would elect to go for two to win it. He just doesn't trust his defense. And honestly, I can't really blame him. And it wasn't okay. We questioned the call because mm-hmm. it didn't work, but that play mm-hmm. almost worked. I mean, it could have worked. There was it wasn't it, like it was a complete open. and total bust. Yeah, it wasn't a complete and total bust. So, I mean, again, we like to sit here and say, "Oh, but you shoulda." Oh, but you shoulda. But if it worked, then nobody would have been like, oh, man, he shouldn't have. It's like, no, of course he should have if it works. If it doesn't work, yeah, of course you shouldn't have. So that was the difference. And look, that's the style, like you said, of of game that Harbaugh plays. And it's worked for Baltimore more than it hasn't. So you either live by it or you die by it. This time they died by it. Next time they could live by it. If you're willing to take that risk and if your fan base is willing to take that risk with you, which obviously – Harbaugh's still around, which means Baltimore's fan base still loves him. So, you know, you're not going to necessarily go away from that anytime soon. But, all right, so Baltimore going forward, I'm not worried. Buffalo 3-1 now, but they have squeaked by a couple of barely squeaking games. So, what what are we doing with Baltimore, or what are we doing with Buffalo now just going forward? Like, are we we betting them blindly, or, or are we just proceeding with caution? I think their numbers have become a little inflated uh, due to the market. I mean, they're going to open it. They're currently sitting at a 14-point favorite this next week against Pittsburgh. And that might be a little inflated, but I still am buying this team in the long term because they did not play well, and it was a bad spot for them yesterday, and they found a way to get a win. And and that's going to be a big tiebreaker when we come down to the seedings in January of getting home field advantage. And everybody sees that Buffalo crowd. They need that home field in the playoffs to – put them over the edge against Kansas City this year whenever they meet up. So, and, and really, to be honest with you, this is where Buffalo has to figure it out now. They have to take this game and use it as a rallying cry going forward because they prove, they've proven that they could beat a, a good AFC team, which, of course, all the Buffalo fans are like, of course they can. They're the Buffalo Bills. They're Super Bowl favorites. But the rest of the nation saw them lose to Miami and didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. So... Yep. You know, now this is where they say we could beat Baltimore, we could beat anybody. Yeah, and uh, what I'm concerned about, though, with Buffalo, every time I check the box score, Josh Allen's the leading rush attempt guy. They need to get some kind of a running game going forward because Josh Allen cannot keep taking this many hits because one hit away and then all of a sudden they're they're done. I mean, if Josh Allen goes down, they're done. And it's it's a long game. It's it, The NFL is a marathon, not a sprint. Amen. Well, speaking of marathons, though, it's no surprise Lamar Jackson, leading rusher for the Ravens, right? 11 of 73, long of 18. But to look over and see Josh Allen, 11 of 70, kind of rivaled the exact same output as Lamar Jackson. You know, I I don't think that Josh Allen should be the leading rusher, like you said, of this team. But here we are. Yeah, no, it's... He he was trying to be Lamar yesterday. Like you said, 11 carries for 70 yards. It was good to see J.K. Dobbins back in there uh, to give Lamar a little bit of a compliment in the running game. But, uh, yeah, no, for Baltimore, I mean, you see Harbaugh and Peters going at it after the game, which wasn't the greatest of scenes. But, I mean, these things happen. It's the NFL. It's an emotional game. But 
they, they got issues in the secondary. This is, like I said, two out of three weeks where they've blown home games that they usually don't blow. They don't blow these kind of games in Baltimore. They do not. Uh, the over was about 50 in this one, give or take a point or two. Did not hit it. 47 points was the final. Yeah, way under on this one, um, which I was surprised. Like I said, both of these teams score at will. Baltimore, 37, 38 in their own right by themselves, and Buffalo obviously throwing up 41 at one point. But, uh, yeah, these two defenses decided they wanted to have uh, uh, something to say in the over-under. So, again, it depends on the matchup as far as the point total going forward. So just keep an eye on that. Let's move to... Uh, a higher scoring game than we thought. In fact, this one went over. If this one were, you know, uh, the 50 point over, you would have hit this one. The Chargers and the Houston Texans. How about the Houston Texans scoring 24 points, first of all, against the Chargers? But the Chargers did score 34. They scored more, uh, covered their five and a half point spread over the Texans. But Texans looked gamey. And Damian Pierce, my friend, is for. Real. I don't want to hear what anybody else has to say about it. This guy's a good running back, and he's going to continue to be that way. Yeah, 9.4 yards a carry. I mean, it was 27-7 to 7, uh, to start the fourth quarter. I looked away, and next thing you know, I glanced back over at the TV because I I had all the games going, and I it was 27-21, and they had just fumbled the kickoff, and I'm like, holy shit, Houston's going to come back and win this thing. But give L.A. credit for holding them off. Uh, Herbert Herbert was good again yesterday. It was good to see him back, 27-39 for 340. But there, there's something missing with this Chargers team, man. Like, they just don't have it. Like, you know, the, all these cliche sayings in, in football. The Chargers don't have it. I don't know what it is, but they don't have it. It's. I think they only have but one good receiver. That's, that's maybe what the it is. And Mike Williams, it sort of begins and ends with him. Uh, 11, 11 targets, seven catches, 120 yards, nice 50 yarder out there. But you know, it doesn't seem like they've got anybody past that. Keenan Allen's obviously not, not playing. So he's not out there, but yeah, it just doesn't seem to me as if there's a, an it, uh, out there, Gerald Everett, right? <laughs> Sony, Michelle, Deandre Carter, like Trey McKitty, fun to say, but not necessarily worth, uh, anything. Josh Palmer, Right, all these guys—it's—it's it's just one big name in that receiving core, and then of course Austin Eckler. So it's not a lot to get excited about, right? Yeah, no, Eckler actually carried them yesterday with three touchdowns. Uh, he came up huge for them. But yeah, like you said, you look at their roster on paper, and it's loaded with individuals. But to, like maybe it's Staley. I mean, I know Staley's had his ups and downs as a play caller or decision maker with going for it, not going for it, analytics, not analytics. It kind of, there's no consistency with this team. And it's a shame because you got a guy like uh, a franchise quarterback, like Herbert, that it seems like they're kind of wasting it a little bit. And he was touted as being one of the more transcendent quarterbacks of this league coming into this season. And obviously, yes, he's talented enough to be that, but for whatever reason, we're just not seeing it really come to shape uh, in, in the team. Now, I mean, look, Chargers are 2-2. Two and two. It's not like they're completely out of the, the realm of, of whatever striking distance, especially in the AFC West. But, uh, again, they've got to play They've got to play guys like Mahomes. They've got to even play as, as woeful as the, La, or the Las Vegas Raiders have been lately. They're still the Vegas Raiders. They've still got uh, Devontae Adams. They've still got Derek Carr. They still flash, right? We'll talk about them and their game a little bit later. 
Um, but they've still got to they've still got to beat these guys, and I don't know that this team um, really can compete too much with those guys going forward. And Houston now, they're o three and one. They're everything I thought they were going to be, to be honest with you. And and I, as much as I think that uh, that Damian Pierce is going to be a stud, the rest of this team needs to figure something out quick, or Houston's going to fall out of this very very quickly. Hey, they are two one and one against the spread, though. So at least they're winning for us, Dgens. But like you said, at some point, Houston, you can't keep chalking up all these moral victories and close losses. You got to actually win a football game. So they they blew it week one when they blew the 20-0 lead to the Colts. But uh yeah, I, I don't think Mills is the guy, but they're gonna I think they're gonna be at the top of the draft order come April and they'll have a chance to pick one of those guys in the draft. The fact that it won't be the Jaguars this year probably is going to be absolutely nutty. So whoever's got that first pick, man, you guys better be starting to to figure out who you want because the Jaguars are like, not it. We're not gonna do it this year. We're gonna we're gonna figure out how to pick farther down the road this year yeah they need to watch some alabama and ohio state film (laughs) see which one they like better (laughs) uh all right well this one the over under on this one was 45 and a half obviously blew through that one so uh don't even need to worry there let's turn our attention to another now look i do props uh at the beginning of the week and i did not pick this game to be the highest scoring game of the week uh, but maybe I should have. It was the Seattle Seahawks, 48, the Detroit Lions, 45. Look, we know that the Lions have been kind of putting up points at crazy, but Seattle, Geno Smith, they have not. So they decided to pick this week against one of the highest scoring teams to uncork another high score. Uh, so 48-45 was the total here. Seattle covering, or not covering their three-and-a-half point spread, depending on where you find it, or if it was three points you pushed, uh, so winning by a field goal did Seattle. I don't. I don't even know, Ryan. This is this is the bizarre world we live in, where Seattle all of a sudden cranks off forty eight, and we're 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 not surprised by Detroit scoring forty five. No, all Detroit does is play in shootouts. Uh, this is uh, this is not the traditional Lions of just playing ugly football. They play exciting games, but for the Dan Campbell crowd, this was a bad loss. Because they keep, I mean, it's kind of like Nebraska in football, college football, where you keep chalking up all these moral victories, close losses. But, like, this is the first time in 26 games you're favored and you lay an egg to Seattle at home. That's that's not good. That's not like losing to Green Bay or Minnesota. Those teams are good. you got to take care of business and beat Seattle at home. And to give up 48 points to Geno Smith, I love Geno. He's a Mountaineer just like me, but come on, man. Like, they, they made Geno look like he was back at West Virginia. Uh, he carved him up 300-plus yards passing, three touchdowns. He was awesome. He was lights out for Seattle. I apologize to Geno Smith for anything that I said bad about him uh, heading into this week. It's 23 of 30, like you said, 320, two touchdowns. Like, where was this, Geno Smith? And not just not to mention that, where's this Rashard Penny been uh, all, all season mm-hmm. long? 17 carries, 151 yards, two touchdowns. Like, what the heck? And then DK Metcalf coming out of hiding. Seven catches, 149 yards. Everybody on the Seattle Tyler offensive Lockett. Yeah, Tyler Lockett, six catches, 90 yards. I mean, everybody had a fantasy day in this game. And you go to Detroit, Hawkinson, eight, eight catches, 179 uh, on the ground attack. Jamal Williams, 19 carries, 108. It was just a shootout. But 
I mean, for, for the crowd that wanted to say the Lions are going to take a step here and be a playoff contender, this is a big hit to your uh, statement there. Yeah, I mean, there's going to have to be a lot of just head-scratching now as far as how you approach these Lions, uh, just how you're going to bet them from now on because you want to bet with your heart, right? Because they're the Detroit Lions and they've been gritty and they've been scratchy, but this is not necessarily how you want to lose or even push for that matter because push never feels like a win. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you bet Detroit on the money line, then you, I know you're hurting, but you got to take those three points now from now on, I suppose. Yeah, no, they're definitely better as a dog. I mean, there's there's a reason they've been an underdog in 26 straight games. But you said, how do we bet them? I think I think as long as they're a touchdown or favorite more as a dog, we continue to back them because that's just what they've been under Dan Campbell. But I think we hammer the overs. Their offense is good, and their defense is really, really bad. I agree. I agree. Um, speaking of really, really bad, uh, are the Jets not really, really bad right now? Uh, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-20 to in Pittsburgh. Look, Cower – or not Cower. <laughs> <laughs> Tomlin. <laughs> Tomlin. I, I, I'm thinking back through all the different coaches that have been there for a long Tomlin. Different era. Yeah, exactly. Tomlin is is on the verge of not having a winning season if this continues for the first time ever in his career. He's got to get some stuff figured out. But again, the Jets come into this as three and a half point underdogs in most spots. So they definitely cover this one. Uh, and yet here they are on the road beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brings them to two and two on the season. Not where I thought the Jets would be, but wow, right? Man, the Jets have pulled two games out of their ass. I mean, to, to come back uh, from double digits once again on the road, first Cleveland two weeks ago, now Pittsburgh. This game really pissed me off, I'm not going to lie, because Pittsburgh was my survivor pick, so I am out on the survivor for 2022. There will be no repeat for me. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean – this is a head-scratching loss for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh never loses this kind of game where they take they, they fall down early, Tomlin, rah-rah spot, get, get him back in the game. They go up 10 with 10 to go, and they give up two touchdown drives to Zach Wilson in that offense. Bad loss, really bad loss. It was a really bad loss, and now if you're fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you are hunting for answers and most certainly wanting to figure out what to do they saw their new rookie quarterback get in there, and uh, I mean, there's hope, but obviously Mitch Trubisky was not the answer. Kenny Pickett, 10 of 13, 120, but three interceptions. So, yeah, there's a lot. He, of has, not, he has not had a pass hit the ground yet. Ten, <laughs> 10 completions, the only three incompletes were interceptions. <laughs> well, hey, there, I mean, look, if you're going to look at film, that, that's good going forward, right? Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen that. 10 of 13 with three interceptions. And for Pittsburgh, you said like they're looking for answers, and they better start finding some answers soon because on deck at Buffalo, then they got Tampa, then they go to Miami, then they go to Philly. This might be one and seven. Not to completely overreact, but they're not going to be favored in any of those games. No, and it's just, I mean, for good reason. You just read off exactly the the big gauntlet that they've got to run through now. I mean, if they were two and two going through that, you would you would feel okay. But yeah, one and three, yeah, that, that meat grinder is not going to be very very forgiving. So uh, we'll talk about Philadelphia when we come back from the break. But let's step away for a second and tell you about the Elias Game Plan app. Do you ever wish 
that before every NFL game, you could go up, get up-to-date and accurate information before placing bets or locking in your fantasy lineup. Now you can with the Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. And whether you're a part of a fantasy tournament placing bets or just a huge sports fan and stats nerd, Elias Game Plan is everything you need. It's a sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, the Elias Sports Bureau, the official statisticians of pro sports league since 1913. You can see and hear the trusted facts all the time from ESPN, your local radio broadcast, television broadcast, but... Now you can have all the stats, facts, and team and player updates at the palm of your hand, all backed by the renowned research team. We throw a lot of stats around here. We throw you a lot of numbers to try to give you the best information possible to make your bets. And the Elias Game Plan app goes a long way in doing so. With their new chat function, you can talk to them directly and receive the information you need to back your big decisions or on betting fantasy leagues. Plus, their newly added weekly survivor pool analysis keeps you in the game. Take this NFL season to the next level and download the Elias Game Plan app today. You can choose from three game plans when you subscribe. You can do weekly, monthly, or annual. But I can get you 25% off your first month when you choose from the monthly subscription. Just use our promo code SGPN25. Find the Elias Game Plan sports betting in the App Store or Play Store today. Use my promo code SGPN25. Promoguide.us is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies. They've got daily updates on odds boosts and huge cash bonuses from all the major sportsbooks. And they got a VIP Discord group that puts even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. Gotta say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates and they're some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you which team is probable to win, but where to find the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on constantly changing promotions. If you're not already using mathematical models to help you with your picks, you're missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And best part of it all, promo guys run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed betting community. Go to promoguy.us, check out their 100% track, transparent, and proven method for betting smarter. Make sure you check out promoguy.us. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play and pick them contests versus other people for a shot at winning $250,000 or more in cash. Go download the app, choose a contest, select your player prop, earn points for correct picks, and climb that leaderboard for your shot at winning. Big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house in 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Better up to five player props over unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app to get a first deposit match up to $25. All right, we continue to roll on. We talked about it before. It is Philadelphia. They are 4-0. Them Eagles, we got a happy boss. You know how I know? Because in this month's invoice, uh, I, I got an exclamation point after thanks. I know Sean is happy when I get an exclamation point after thanks. So thank you, Eagles, for putting my boss in a good mood as they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 21 to 29 or 29 to 21 at home, sending Jacksonville to two and two. Uh, they did cover this six point spread, so that probably made Sean even happier. Um, but yeah, I'm telling you right now, Philadelphia Eagles, the only undefeated team in the league still at four and zero. These guys, they're they're looking good. 
Yeah, no, 4-0. And uh, Sean's happy for multiple reasons. His Eagles are 4-0, but also another all-time record for uh, SGPN downloads last month. So shout out to everybody at SGPN. But uh, yeah, no, his other reason he's happy, the Eagles, they fell down 14-0 quick. Uh, Hertz got picked off. Doug Peterson in the return game had, had him ready to go. But Philly was just too much. And what, uh, Lawrence struggled uh, fumbling the ball four times. So it, it kind of growing pains day for him in Philly. Bad field conditions, bad weather, but you got to you got you can't fumble the ball four times. No, and and again, this was uh, this is probably because it's the week that I said, hey, uh, Trevor Lawrence may actually be something. Now I didn't think that he was going to throw for two hundred forty one yards, uh, which is you know I, I picked the under on that. So thank goodness I got that uh, part there. But yeah, I just I thought maybe Trevor Lawrence was going to give the Eagles a little more of a competition but yeah that team definitely did not look like it was the world beaters that it started out to be not to say that they're as bad as they they were once uh i think they still look better than they did the last couple of years finally those number one picks are starting to to uh, come to fruition but um yeah i mean the eagles are just too much to stop at this point and it's not going to get any better they both uh hit the over on this one it was 44 43 and a half depending on where you found it so uh, the over hit here as well, which from a Jacksonville Jaguars uh, game, you you, <laughs> you weren't able to say that very much over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, this Jaguar team is way improved. They are not the Urban Meyer uh, Jaguars anymore. They're competitive. They play hard for – they clearly like playing for Doug Peterson, and they've shown it over the first uh, month of the season. I, th I think this is a team we can get behind, though, going forward because I – I think they're still going to be undervalued just because their name is the Jaguars to the general public. And you say Jaguars and everybody's like, oh, like this team sucks. But no, they're, they're, uh, we will be releasing our, uh, so stay tuned, everybody. Our NFL power rankings will debut this week. So the Jaguars may crack in. I don't know yet. We got to do composite all our rankings and then, uh, it's amazing how much NFL power rankings can stir the pot, Rod. Uh, I'm telling you, I think I did put the Jaguars as like number 10 last week because I thought very, very much that they deserved at least to have some sort of recognition over what they did over the first few games of the season. Um, they, they may not be in my top 10 again this year. They may have, or this week they may have slipped out of it after this loss to Philly. But um, yeah, I think you might be hard pressed to find nine teams uh, above them that uh, that really just or at least 10 teams above them that uh, that don't look quite as impressive. I think they've got some stuff going forward. I was a little disappointed with the split between ETN and Robinson. Uh, I, I don't understand what happened there. Robinson's been looking fantastic, but I knew they needed to sprinkle ETN in because they have him, and that's what they're supposed to do with him. But I want to see a little more of Robinson, I think, because I think he's earned it. Yeah, and this was this was a disappointing game if you had Jacksonville plus six and a half. Uh, I'm speaking for myself too. So, I mean, you go 14 nothing, you're thinking, okay, I got 20 points to work with. And the next thing you know, you blank and it's 20 to 14 because of some turnovers. So, if, if Jacksonville can clean up their turnovers, I, I think I really like this team going forward. That's what bit them in the end in Washington week one as well when they lost that game. Yep, and we'll look ahead to week six for Jacksonville and tell you what we think. But I, I'm not, I'm not really as disappointed with these guys this this season so far. I think that they're going to put together more good games than bad, and and maybe squeak out of this again by not having the first pick in the draft come 2023. Yeah. Uh, for believe it or not, for the first time in forever, as uh, as they would say, 
uh, in Frozen. All right, let's uh, move on to the NFC East battle between the Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys. I say battle. Wasn't much of a battle. Dallas 3-1. and one. Cooper Rush remains undefeated as the Dallas quarterback, 25-10 over the Commanders. Carson Wentz continues to just be Carson Wentz, in fact. Uh, 25-42, 170. One touchdown, two interceptions. Not much from the running game here. 13-49 for Antonio Gibson. Jahan Dodson, the leading receiver for the Commanders, three, catch, or three catches, 43 yards. He did get a touchdown, thankfully, but... Um, the story here, I guess, is Cooper Rush, right? What? It's Rush time. Yeah, Cooper Rush gets the upper hand in the battle of the redheaded quarterback. So <laughs> shout out to Cooper Rush. Uh, Dallas, I mean, they, you got to give Dallas credit. I know we like to hate on Dallas at, at the SGPN family, but they they found a way to win three in a row without Dak, and they're right in the thick of things. And honestly, they, them and Philly are on a collision course. I think a little bit here over the next couple of weeks. I think they play Week Six. So that'll be in Philly. It'll be interesting to see how they gel once Dak comes back. For Washington, my my Washington Commandos, I, this is season's getting long quick. Uh, offensive line's awful. Carson Wentz is awful. And I'm not really sure how Terry McLaurin only gets two catches for 15 yards. He's not quite so scary, Terry, anymore, is he? No, no. They can't get him the ball because they can't protect. So it's – it's uh. It's getting bad here in Washington early. Uh, Ron, it's going to be interesting to see if this thing goes really south if uh, Riverboat Ron is on the hot seat at all. He's got to be. I mean, as much as we yeah. call for head coaches' jobs nowadays, like I'm surprised that it hasn't been earlier, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's year three, and I, I think Ron gets a pass a lot of times because he's a likable guy, respected guy, but this is a results-driven league, and – when you're sitting at what 15 and 22 in year number three now, and you put all your eggs in the basket of Carson Wentz, and it is clearly not working out, it's uh, it's not good in Washington right now. I know, I know Chase Young will come back here maybe this week or next off the off the pup list, but they need more help than that. Well, they I know Dallas has a lot of help, and Cooper Rush has his fair share of help. He did throw two touchdowns on the day, 15 completions, 233 yards. The normal suspects were involved, but Ezekiel Elliott, 19 carries, 49 yards. Not overly impressive there. CeeDee Lamb, again, doing CeeDee Lamb things. Six catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Noah Brown, three catches, 61 yards. Michael Gallup, two catches, 24 yards, and a touchdown. So he's back, he's back baby. Yeah, no, that is big for Dallas getting Gallup back to have another running mate with Lamb. I know they had the big three last year with Lamb, Gallup, and uh, Cooper. Obviously, Cooper's in Cleveland now, so they need a Gallup back to give give uh, Lamb a little more freeway and wiggle room to operate. And he took it and almost hit 100 yards with it, so definitely something to look forward to. Cooper Rush knows how to find his star wide receivers, and that's a good thing. You want to talk about Cooper? Now he is in Cleveland doing great things with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, really, this was not the story for the day for Cooper, though, as much as it was for David Njoku, who had five catches, 73 yards, uh, and led all receivers in that aspect. In the Browns' not win against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they were the Falcons' one-and-a-half-point underdogs in this game, but... Those scrappy Falcons ended up winning against Cleveland 23-20. to Another game decided by just a field goal. Um, 
it was not thanks to Marcus Mariota. It was not thanks to really Tyler Algier. This was just thanks to the Atlanta Falcons being able to outlast the Browns. Shout out to the Falcons. Only 4-0 against the spread team so far through the first month. These Falcons are feisty, man, and we labeled them week one. We said this is a team we want to get back as a dog, and I think they actually went off as a favorite right before kickoff with Miles Garrett and Clowney being out. But they're, they're dynamic offensively running the ball. Uh, Cordell Patterson's going to miss some time, so that's a big blow to Atlanta. Uh, for Cleveland, though, I mean, they continue to run the ball very efficiently with Chubb averaging six yards a carry, a hunt, five yards a carry. Need a little bit more consistency from Brissett in his game-managing role. Indeed. And again, it was just a matter of Brissett not being able to find uh, Cooper. Amari Cooper, one catch, nine yards on four targets. Like, what was that all about? Yeah, it's not going to get it done. It's not. Uh, in fact, I'm a little disappointed. I had a Amari Cooper over 21 yards as his longest reception of the day. Granted, he did not come anywhere near that. It was Donovan Peoples-Jones, though, that had a 42-yarder uh, and a beautiful one at that. He caught not 5 for 71 at the end of the day. Uh, but you cannot win a lot of games with D, uh, DPJ being your, your wide-out one. No, no. They need they need to get some more guys going. How about Kyle Pitts not being targeted again? Well, I, you, you, <laughs> I saw a great meme uh, a while back where it had like a Corvette and, and maybe like a Ferrari or something just rusting out. And it said, this is what it's like with Kyle Pitts being on your uh, fantasy team. It's like a rusted, beautiful machine that you know has the capability of being a powerhouse, and it's not being used. Yeah, and they're not even playing him on all the plays anymore. Like, he sat out like 15 plays for the other tight end because they just wanted to run the ball, and they don't think Pitts gives them a good option blocking, I guess, so... He's kind of turned into a one-dimensional tight end all of a sudden, and it's it's crazy because he's he's such a unique talent, but it's kind of just a bad fit in Atlanta, it seems, right now. I don't know if you'd be looking for a, a – I'm trying to bang the drum to get yourself traded at this point <laughs> so far. There and, will be a lot of suitors for that guy. Oh, heck yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. The Cardinals were a point-and-a-half underdogs – but more than covered this spread as they beat the Carolina Panthers 26-16 to at home. Uh, just a, a game in which Carolina is bad. They're, they're just bad. There's no other way to describe it. McCaffrey in this game rushing. Eight carries, 27 yards. McCaffrey in this game uh, receiving. Nine receptions, th uh, 81 yards and a touchdown. But even still, this is not a team that I'm going to like as Carolina falls to one and three, Arizona two and two. Uh, I'm just not going to like Carolina at all as anything. And I can't even believe they were favorites in this game, to be honest, Ryan. Yeah, I thought that line stunk. I mean, I, it was it was weird. It made no sense why Carolina is a favorite at all. You, you stole it right from me. They suck. I mean, this is a bad team. This is a team where we need to fade going forward under Matt Rule. His days are numbered there. And Arizona, I guess they, they found a way to win. They still did not look very good. I know road wins are hard to come by in the NFL. But just they're so, there's something missing with that team, too. Uh, Kyler just – I don't know. They, they look like they have no plan offensively. It's kind of just like, hey, Kyler, just run around and make plays. <laughs> well, and to be honest with you, without DeAndre Hopkins, it's kind of what it ends up being, right? Here, Kyler Murray, it's, yeah. it's on you. We're going to call the play. 
but you just make the play. Like, it doesn't even matter at this point if it's the play I call. Just do something and, and move the ball down the field. It's like backyard football, and, and I know Rule said he may make a quarterback change now, so I guess we go back to Darnold, but we've already seen that experiment. Uh, it sucks that Corral's hurt, the rookie from Ole Miss. But I, I, I don't think Baker's the problem. I think it's just been the same so- song and dance with Carolina under Matt Rule. It's just not very good. Now, and, and it's got to be the play calling because you've got the players to do it. I mean, you've got McCaffrey. That, that obviously right there, that proves – Jonathan Taylor proved last year that all you need is one fantastic running back, basically, to change the game, right? And with McCaffrey, he's proven that, too, uh, a couple of times over in his career. So, yeah, I mean, if you misuse your star player, that's on you, right? Yes, I agree 100%. And for Carolina, like, usually this is around the time, unfortunately, that McCaffrey goes down with an injury. So he's played, and you're still 1-3, and and so... It doesn't seem like it's getting any brighter in Carolina anytime soon. Brace yourself, Panthers. Winter is coming. Uh, so who knows what, what to expect from there. One more break before we come back and break down the rest of the slate and, of course, give you our long look ahead into week six. But before we do, listen, I love coffee. In fact, it's probably more in my veins than my blood at this point with as much as I drink and as much as I need to keep up the amount of energy that it takes to host every show across the SGPN. And trade coffee goes a long way in helping me do that. And look, I'm telling you right now, trade coffee, it's a coffee subscription service. It's unlike anything else you've tried before. You know why? Because you probably never tried a coffee subscription service, but They partner with the top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. The team of experts, they do all the work for you. They taste hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month. (laughs) What a tough job that is. To curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. And if what I choose at Trade Coffee is not up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is you want, and you can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, and you can take their coffee quiz and get an expertly matched coffee exactly to your liking. Trade's the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh to you when you need it. You got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you'll love everything of your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it. Or free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee right now. Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. I am giving out a ton of stats to you right now. During this show, we give out a ton of stats and a ton of matchups and a ton of numbers to you over the course of all of our shows here on the SGPN. And where do we get most of those from? OddsTrader.com. I'm telling you right now, OddsTrader.com gives you lines from across every single book. And not just that, it gives you past matchups. It gives you key stats. It gives you even game day weather and injury reports if you need them. Handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores and betting, player statistics, key game statistics, all of that can be found on OddsTrader.com. You will be a much better better 
for it. So go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, it's the number one site for all of your game day bets. We continue down the road of the NFL. Sunday afternoon games saw the Denver Broncos take on the Las Vegas Raiders in the Las Vegas Dome. Denver did not win this one. They could not find their way to win another game against a West Coast team. They lose to the Vegas Raiders 32-23. to uh, Denver was, of course, three-point underdogs, but Vegas easily covered that with a nine-point win. Vegas gets their first win of the season, and more importantly, I think this was a momentum builder for them because this was an AFC West opponent. So uh, what do we make of this? Derek Carr, 21 of 34, 188 yards, not necessarily the greatest. It was the Josh Jacobs show. 28 carries, 144 yards, two touchdowns, although Devontae Adams did have a 100-yard game finally. Um, so are we are we back on the Raiders, or are we just thinking Russ didn't necessarily uh, set the timer in his oven for the right temperature to cook? <laughs> I think it's more we're not uh, buying the Broncos just yet. And uh, shout-out to Denver for ruining uh, the third leg of both our teasers this week that we tweet out each week. So the other two were in the bag, and, of course, we teased Denver up to plus eight, eight and a half, thinking oh, that they're not going to lose by nine. Of course, they lose exactly by nine. But uh, shout-out to the – Broncos the Raiders needed this game this game kind of was a weird game it was a tie game and Denver was driving and Melvin Gordon fumbles and it was a scoop and score for for Vegas that kind of changed the whole momentum of the game but you said it uh, the Raiders got to run in the ball uh, Jacobs 28 carries for 144 five yards a carry I think it's telling that Seattle's offense is cooking the way it is right now without Russ and Denver's offense is nowhere near to cooking at that kind of level. Oh, yeah, it is weird. If you were to tell me that Geno Smith would actually be slinging the ball more than Russ Wilson, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know that I'd have believed you in that one. Although, you know, Russ, 17-25, 237, two touchdowns, eh, could be considered slinging the ball a little bit. But, yeah, it just it doesn't feel like this is the Russ Wilson that everybody wanted in, in Denver. No, it's not to let Russ cook. It's and Geno's a top five statistical quarterback right now in the NFL, which is crazy. And it, it kind of you know Pete Carroll's smiling somewhere, saying I, this is why I got rid of Russell Wilson. But it is a long season. But for these Broncos, man, I don't like this combo combo with Wilson and Hackett. There's something something off there. Uh, hiring guys to be a strategic coach middle of the year. And they just lost Javante Williams, their star young running back. So now it's a Melvin Gordon show who has fumbling fumbling issues. So I don't know about this Denver team going forward. I think big win for Vegas, but they're one and three for a reason, and they have Kansas City on deck. Yeah, and I mean Denver just barely outlasted San Francisco last week too. So I don't know. I don't know about them either. And I I I want to like the Raiders to continue on. But I still need to see more out of Derek Carr if this is the team that's going to take the NFC or the AFC West rather uh, by storm. So, and a quick turn for Denver. They have a Thursday night game against the Colts. So two desperate teams coming off losses. Ooh, God, I, I'm glad I don't have to handicap that one because that one's going to yeah. be a disaster. Ugly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of a disaster, we had the New England Patriots who were pretty much uh, feeling the feeling the flow heading into Green Bay. Uh, they did not come out victorious in this one, but it was not for a lack of effort. 
as uh, they they did not leave Green Bay with a win. In fact, they lost twenty seven to twenty four. But you won if you uh, bet the Patriots at plus nine and a half because obviously this was not something that they uh, or they did cover this spread. So yeah, I mean, look, they a lot of people weren't giving New England a chance, and they almost stole a win out of this in Green Bay. This is such a Belichick spot. To get get his team up. Nobody thinks we're going to win. Everybody's betting Green Bay in a blowout. Hoyer goes down in the first quarter, and in comes Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky, undrafted rookie. He looked well. He looked good. But I thought New England finally started running the ball the way they should be with Harris and Stevenson going for thirty carries and over one hundred fifty yards. That's a, that's the team this has to be. And it's not a throw the ball fifty times. They're not going to win that way. They got to run the ball old-style New England Patriots football and play really good defense, and, and they'll have a chance to win some games going forward. Indeed, and you're right. Uh, Damian Harris, 18 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, 14 for 66. Uh, none of the receivers here had anything better than Nelson Aguilar with his three catches and 46 yards. Devontae Parker did get in the end zone, so yay if you actually started him in fantasy. Uh, but past that, yeah, there was not much going on in the passing game. Not much, too much going on in the passing game for the Green Bay Packers either. Alan Lazard, leading receiver, six catches, 116 yards for a change. Uh, Romeo Dobbs actually really salvaged his day toward the end. Five catches, 47 yards, Mm -hmm. and a touchdown. Um, But not much going after that, or before that, rather. Uh, Randall Cobb, three catches, 42 yards. Really, this was just Aaron Jones being able to get going on the ground. Uh, 16 carries, 110 yards. And then A.J. Dillon. Got fed quite a bit too. 17 carries for 73 yards. Um, and Aaron Rodgers with his uh, league leading one rushing touchdown. I'm just kidding. Wait, no, he, <laughs> wait, he didn't have a rushing touchdown. Never mind. The more and more I watch this Green Bay team, the more I like them. They're And I think they're equipped for football come January in the playoffs with this one-two punch of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They're just going to wear teams down, and then it just sets up play action for Rodgers. And hopefully – these receivers can start coming along a little bit. You mentioned Dubes. He he struggled but had a big catch late. Uh, Christian Watson, he seems to not even be a factor now after that week one drop. Uh, he seems out of graces with Aaron Rodgers. Alan Lassard had a big day, though. Yeah, and again, that's, that's one of those things where he finally remembered that he's got uh, a receiver in Alan Lazard uh, that can actually do good things for him. So he's, he's not, he doesn't have Devontae Adams, but you know he's going to certainly no. try to uh, to replace him so uh all right let's talk about the kansas city chiefs going to tampa bay and beating tom brady and the buccaneers at home this was a barn burner as well kansas city 41 tampa bay 31 and look my daughter cannot stand tom brady so she loved every bit of this (laughs) and she loved every time the camera panned over to tom brady with a pissed off look on his face like what in the world is going on, and why am I getting beat this bad? Yeah, and it started from the opening kickoff when they fumbled it, and it just set up. It was a bad night for Tampa Bay. Rare time where we're going to see that defense get got the way they did. I mean, Mahomes had his way, 250 and three touchdowns. They even ran the ball with uh, Edward Hilaire, 19 carries for 90 yards. I will say for Tampa, a bright spot, a little bit of a moral victory. Is Brady looked the best he's looked all year, I think, passing-wise. Yeah, but, I mean, for what, though? Like, honestly, yeah. I, I get it, but for what? Because it, he, they got run into by a steamroller, you know? And, and yeah, maybe 
going forward, they're not going to be facing teams like Kansas City for the foreseeable future. But, you know, by and large, t- Brady, he may have looked good passing, but he also just looked frustrated more often than not. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that's just a Brady thing. Old. Well, that's, I mean, look, I, I was yeah. telling my dad, like, <laughs> I'm 46 years old, and I think getting up after that one hit that he took, I would uh-huh. probably be rethinking my entire career path. I'd be like, I came back for this? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> you ruined your family for this. Yeah, no, he looks <laughs> he looks old. Uh, I Like you said, though, it, it, it kind of like they padded their stats because they were down multiple scores. But at least, like you said, they're not going to be playing the Chiefs and Packers anymore going forward. And it's setting up a big uh, NFC South tilt on Sunday for first place. Tampa Bay and our Atlanta Falcons. Oh, that's going to be <laughs> – I mean, I, I already know right ahead where, what's going to happen. But at the same time, it's like, oh, well, here we go. Yeah. Do, do we continue to back to undefeated against the spread Falcons? They're getting eight and a half. I, I get to piss off Tom Brady. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Yeah, we, we might have to go against our Falcons on this one. Brady's lost two in a row. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Look, that wraps up week four. And as we do on this show, let's take a quick look ahead at some week six lines in the NFL to give you a. You know, we've done pretty good looking ahead. To be honest with you, I I went back and listened to a few of them. We've we've actually been okay looking ahead. Uh, a couple of weeks and, and getting some people locked in to some early lines because I've noticed the movement and I've seen what what's happened and um, I like this look ahead format. Yes, and last week we gave out multiple that moved. I'm pulling up my app right now. Buffalo is the main one. We gave out minus nine. It's up to 14 now in Detroit, plus six and a half we gave out. They're only plus two and a half this weekend. And I know you gave out Houston, I believe. It was plus 10 or 9.5 on the look at, and that's down to 7. Oh, that's some nice so movement. We, we, yeah, we, we, got, we gave out some good value, so that's, that's what we're here for. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about these lines then. Um, Ryan, is there one in specific that you want to shout out, or do you want to let, uh, let me give mine out first? I'll let you lead it off, Rod. All right. Well, look, I'm looking right now at this Jacksonville-Indianapolis line, and it's got Jacksonville as plus seven and a half. Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) I don't know when this line was set, but for Jacksonville to be plus seven and a half, I will take that all day and then some, just given the fact that we just watched what happened with Jacksonville. Okay, we talked about how they lost, but they lost to a good team. So for me to to sit here and look at Jacksonville as seven and a half point favorites when they just covered a spread again, or they just almost covered a spread against the Philadelphia Eagles undefeated, and and we're talking about Tennessee or uh, Indianapolis who can barely get out of their own way. Uh, if you can get this line now, uh, please jump on this Jacksonville plus seven and a half line. Boy, it would be something if they beat them twice in the first five weeks this year, right? Or six weeks, six weeks, sorry. Yeah, no, that that line definitely will close closer to three, I think. Don't you? Yeah, I mean, it has to. I mean, how, I don't even know how it could be plus seven. Just like you said, they beat them in week one, 24 to nothing. Like, they shut them out 24 to nothing, yet they're coming back after Indy. Okay, yes, Indy beat Kansas City. Maybe that's when this line got, got moved. They were like, oh, Indy beats Kansas City. Now we could put this at uh, seven-point underdogs for Jacksonville. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> then they yeah, came back no. the next week and just didn't do anything. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you a hundred percent. And I got a uh, one that's similar to the one you just gave out. I'm seeing Atlanta as a six and a half point underdog at home against San Francisco. I'm not laying a touchdown with San Francisco right now. Sorry, Rod, but uh, I think this I think this thing will close uh, closer to three with how good the Falcons are at home. Yeah, I see. The thing of it is, is that I I love the Niners so much that I'm going to give my unbiased opinion as far as we're going to see tonight what kind of uh, matchup you can yes. get out of that. But yes, like you said, probably grab that six and a half now because if we actually do see a good showing out of San Francisco tonight, that line is not going to stay there um, and you probably won't get as good of uh, an offer there. It might even shrink up a little bit more. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a frustrating thing, but that's where we're at with the Niners. Like, I, it, I don't know. Like Jimmy G's Jimmy G. You know, you, you only know what yeah. you don't know with him at this point. And with the question marks, especially on the offensive line with Trent Williams being out for a lengthy time. So I, I think San Francisco is just trying to tread water for a little bit here until they get their horses healthy for another playoff run. Yes, sir. Um, all right. I will go ahead and take, um, you know, I was looking at this one and it, it kind of intrigues me a little bit, only from the standpoint of we don't know about Tua. So it's Minnesota, Miami, Minnesota's plus three right now. Not to say that I don't think Tua will be back by week six, but if people are being overly cautious, which I think they're going to be, I'm not sure Tua's back for week six. I don't know what that does to this Miami offense. I don't know what this does to the Miami team. I know they're at home, but we just watched Minnesota uh, play a really hard-fought game away, like across the border. So I think for them to be three do- or three-point dogs, I kind of like that action right now, and I'm not sure... If this line, especially with Tua News, right? If Tua uh, Tua doesn't play, this line may actually shrink and or move to Minnesota being the favorites. So if you can get this as as a dog price right now, uh, I would definitely take that. I like that one. And the one I'll go to next is, I'm going to go to the NFC East, the Sunday night game. Philly and Dallas, I'm seeing as a pick them. I don't see any way Philly at home is not is not. There's no way they're not at least a three point favorite come kickoff time. So from a pure value standpoint, I'm taking Philly in a pick'em right now. Philly in a pick'em. I, I don't man. How how are these people setting it's these that, lines? It's that Cowboys inflated line where the public just always automatically loves backing Dallas. Ah, uh, that's insane. Um, all right, I love it, and and I'm glad that uh, we were able to keep track into. Uh, really report back on how they're doing. So um, good stuff there. All right, Ryan, I think we've uh, pretty much exhausted all of our our ammunition in this one and, and given the folks some good stuff to, to keep an eye on for week six. Um, so as we start to wrap things up, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? You guys can find me at, at Moneyline underscore Mac. I'm in the Discord, write articles as well. Hit me up on the Discord if you want to talk out some bets over under player props. And before we get out of here, I also want to shout out Rod. He's battling, battling a little bit of a cold, but, you know, he's not going to miss this show for anything. So shout out to Rod, a true gamer at the SGPN, baby. That's why we're rising and we just had our best month yet here at SGP. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I had the questionable tag heading into it, but uh, I had to shake <laughs> off the team doctors. They just they snapped a little bit of that, season, uh, that salt underneath my nose, and I was ready to go. So 
Uh, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for shouting that out. It, it, <laughs> you're it, a gamer. <laughs> it's not easy when you're fighting through uh, a head cold. It's just, uh, you know, th- those things still exist, by the way, folks. Just want you to know they still exist. Uh, I know because I'm fighting it off. All right, you can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. There's a link in my bio with just about everything I got going on uh, in the SGPN world and outside of it. Um, again, lots to, lots to pick from if you just follow that link in my bio. We'll be back next Monday, breaking down week five and looking ahead to week seven here on the NFL Gambling Podcast. Certainly do enjoy you listening. If you like this show, leave us a review. Tell us how we're doing. Uh, and of course, join our Discord, sg.pn slash Discord, where you can tell it to us right to our face. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. But enjoy the rest of the week here on the NFL Gambling Podcast. Totals, rest of the games. All that stuff happening. Ryan, we'll see you. Everybody, take care and let it ride.